This is Howard Anderson, Managing Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today we're talking with Dr. Mitch Morris, Principal in Deloitte Consulting's Life Sciences and Healthcare Practice and National Leader for Health IT. Thanks so much for joining us today, Mitch. Thanks, Howard. It's uh, good to be here. The HIPAA security rule, which was toughened under the High Tech Act, mandates that healthcare organizations have contingency plans in place for dealing with emergencies. So what are the essential elements of a good business continuity disaster recovery plan? Well, that's a great question and, and uh, one that's often asked. Most organizations today in healthcare have disaster recovery and business continuity plans, but the quality and depth of these plans varies tremendously. One thing I like to look at is uh, the difference between business-critical applications and what I would call uh, life-critical applications. As healthcare organizations increasingly are reliant on electronic health records, not only for uh, the flow of information, but also on managing uh, work tasks and keeping the, the gears running in the hospital, these types of functions not only uh, are, are mission critical, but life critical. In other words, if they weren't around, uh, some, there could be a potential for loss of life. So I think one of the elements of a, a good uh, plan is around uh, business continuity and disaster recovery is to prioritize activities with a focus on those life critical applications, understanding that patient safety is of paramount importance. I think the business applications, which are mission critical, it's important to get paid and get supplies in and so forth, they come second uh, in line. Another key characteristic is that plans should be actionable and uh, timely. Uh, I've seen situations where there's a plan that looks good on paper, but when you really think through how it would be enacted, it takes far too long to get uh, functions up and running, uh, be it with backup paper-based systems or uh, alternative means of, of doing uh, automation. So the timeliness and uh, ability to have the people you have on site to uh, enact this plan is uh, very important. It's also important to prioritize the different types of uh, issues that could come up. Sometimes things are, are very localized, like uh, somehow there was a water intrusion into your data center. Uh, that can cause a problem, but one must consider disasters that impact not only your ability to deliver IT applications, but the ability to deliver patient care at a hospital, or even that impact a whole community or region, thinking particularly those uh, such as earthquakes, major hurricanes, etc., which have a different level of planning that needs to be uh, undertaken. I think uh, organizations learned a lot from Hurricane Katrina and also uh, the hurricane in Houston, Ike, and uh, how you need to be able to deal with, at times, intolerable situations ranging up to things that may be relatively minor situations. So having a plan uh, that's flexible based on the, the level of impact and the level of loss at your facility and in your region is also critical. How often should a plan be updated, or is it an ongoing process? Well, there's certainly some aspect that's uh, ongoing. I think there needs to be some formal review process that should occur at least annually uh, where a plan is looked at and ensured that nothing significant has, has changed. And consider undertaking a very comprehensive re-review every uh, three years. And the only difference is when a major new application comes in, uh, whether it's a major upgrade or a complete reinstall. 
sometimes upgrades are significant enough that your BCP and, and uh, disaster recovery needs to significantly change. But because it's not a whole new system and just an upgrade, it might fly under that radar that triggers that, that process. So when you're working with your PMO uh, on upgrades or, uh, or new implementations, continuity planning and disaster recovery planning should be part of that and at least thought of each time. In, in most cases, it's going to trigger some, uh, some active uh, work. I think it's also important around disaster recovery uh, and off-site solutions to be looking at not only are these plans going to be adequate to ensure the ongoing business functions at the organization, but also you should look at it from your own price point of view and see what's happening out there in the market and have an opportunity to rebid some of the providers that, that you might have as, as part of your overall response to a disaster. In general, what are healthcare organizations' key areas of vulnerability when it comes to handling natural disasters and other emergencies, and how can those vulnerabilities best be addressed? Well, let me start at the uh, grand or higher level. So one of the key issues is staffing. Depending upon the nature of the challenge, having plans for key staff being available is critical. In hospitals, for example, that are in a zone of uh, hurricanes, there are usually formal plans for a rideout team who, after being released to secure their own personal property, come back to the hospital. They don't know how long they're going to stay, and they got to ride it out. That should be built into business continuity plans and disaster recovery plans and, and understanding who would be the key personnel that you would need to have in place because staffing can also often be at risk. Uh, some other types of disasters, and I'm thinking of uh, seismic uh, disasters and specifically can cause variable levels of damage, as we know. Fortunately, most have been uh, minor uh, in the last decade, but also being able to assure adequate staff uh, is, is important. One of the other key areas of vulnerability has to do with patients. And in addition to the current load of patients that might be in uh, a healthcare facility at the time of a disaster, some types of disasters can bring in lots of additional patients, further taxing your system. So again, floods, tornadoes, uh, earthquakes, uh, hurricanes, all those kinds of things can bring in additional outside uh, new patients that uh, place a major uh, load. One of the areas of vulnerability can also be about emergency power generation. And um, very few hospitals have full power from a, a, a backup generator, uh, and also many do not contain adequate supplies of uh, fuel to uh, uh, supply these generators for more than a two- or three-day period, uh, if, if even that much. And that can sometimes be uh, an issue uh, as well, having uh, power. So you, you might have a disaster in an area, an interruption of your power supply, external uh, Internet access as well, but maybe your own data center on site's working working okay, uh, you want to make sure that you have enough uh, power to be generated uh, for a long enough period of time until utilities can be fully restored. Another area of vulnerability is uh, not having the uh, full awareness of the kinds of service levels you need from third-party providers, whether it is uh, other, another data center, application management services, et cetera. So whether you do uh, full IT outsourcing or is much more likely just selective outsourcing these days, uh, understanding what service levels you're going to require of your third parties, not only on the day-to-day -day functioning, uh, but in their response to a disaster 
is going to be uh, critical, understanding what their response times are, uh, how many people they're going to uh, throw out a problem, what the escalation procedures are, et cetera, are, are key aspects of, uh, of being prepared and uh, an area where you can get surprised uh, if there is a disruption and, and not having uh, adequate coverage. In light of that, what technologies play a key role in assuring the availability of uh, core information systems? I'll start first without technology, and that is there can be things that can happen that no matter how much you've planned and no matter what type of redundancy you have, you can potentially lose all your systems. So having business continuity plans for the absence of technology is important to keep uh, the, the doors open. Uh, hospitals don't have the luxury like other businesses of saying, well, we're going to be closed for two days until we get all our, our stuff together. And being able to uh, function and provide care services without automation uh, is a key capability that uh, we, we can't lose sight of. Having said that, having uh, uh, we talked about power, we talked about power generation, we talked about, I haven't mentioned uh, redundant uh, internet access, access to uh, telecommunications uh, that has redundancy so that if one line is uh, cut, uh, there's another route from another provider because sometimes the disaster can occur at the service provider's uh, office. So alternative routing, alternative provider, and a, a geographically uh, distinct backup data center in an area that's not prone to the same disaster that uh, you may have uh, experienced are key capabilities, uh, whether it's uh, a mirrored site, hot site, et cetera, these are all, you know, financial uh, decisions. Um, one can build excessive redundancy uh, into this for a high cost, and depending upon the location of a hospital and uh, your risk profile, you should determine what level of redundancy and investment you need in backup technologies that is uh, appropriate for your risk profile. If your hospital's on the Gulf Coast, or near the San Andreas Fault or in Tornado Alley, you may have some, some different thinking than uh, a hospital located, for example, in Minnesota, uh, where uh, the, many of the typical uh, disasters uh, are, are not, not as frequent. Having said that, uh, any place can have a fire, a flood, or, or some other kinds of uh, un, unanticipated, unfortunate events uh, that you need to be planning for. Do you believe most hospitals and clinics should be devoting more resources to business continuity in this whole arena? You know, when we go into uh, hospitals at Deloitte and uh, examine their plans around uh, business continuity and disaster recovery, pretty much everyone can check the box and say they have one. I would say the majority do not have adequate levels of detail and they have not gone through the level of annual review and uh, having the key individuals involved practice their responses and, uh, uh, and drill, in fact, for what would happen uh, if there were a significant disruption. So I do think more resources uh, should be devoted to this area. The other reason I'd say that is because with uh, electronic health records playing an increasingly major role in the day-to-day -day operations of healthcare organizations that become uh, life critical, the level of attention that one must pay to, to uh, continuity planning and recovery, uh, the, the stakes are higher. And, uh, and just on that basis alone, more investment and readiness is called for. 
What other advice would you offer to healthcare provider and payer organizations of various sizes and how to make sure their contingency plans are viable and up-to-date? Any final thoughts? Sure. Well, one thing I haven't mentioned is involvement of the business unit owners, and I think another potential error that uh, one can make in, in creating plans is to make it uh, an exercise within the IT function. The business unit owners, be they uh, nurses, the medical staff, uh, the administrators, pharmacists, uh, you name it, should be very much involved because uh, it's their work that's on the line and uh, they, they need to be intimately involved in, uh, in these discussions, particularly assessing the level of risk from disruptions. So how bad would it be if the patient billing system went down? Well, that's bad, but if it took a day or so to come up, some people might uh, have a reprimand, but, but basically life goes on. If the ICU system or the emergency department systems uh, go down, there's a different level of risk. And the business unit owners need to be involved in with IT in assessing what those risks are and then on the other side involved in making the plans for uh, ma- mitigating those risks. The other closing thought would be uh, understanding that the scale of disasters, be they internal or external, really varies. So one plan does not fit all. Plans for business continuity and disaster recovery should be flexible and, and the response scaled appropriately to the nature of the challenge that the organization is, uh, is facing. And, and I have seen plans be rather unidimensional, uh, saying, well, if there was a disruption, this is what we would do, but uh, there's a lot of it depends that you would add on to that. So it depends on how much uh, is uh, actually uh, impacted. And some of the things I I spoke about earlier, such as access to staff, do you have more patients coming in, do you have power coming in, do you have uh, telecommunications uh, coming in or not, and each of those call for somewhat different responses. So flexibility in these plans uh, is key moving forward. We have seen some best practices at Deloitte uh, that a number of hospitals have done just really some beautiful plans that they feel confident that they are going to be ready for whatever kinds of challenges come their way with full understanding that uh, the dependence on information technology and and healthcare uh, has grown significantly, and if you look over the next few years, will continue to grow. Uh, So this is a topic that needs to be revisited on a regular basis. Well, thank you very much. We've been talking today with Dr. Mitch Morris of Deloitte. This is Howard Anderson. Thanks so much for listening.